Welcome, everybody, to the Soul Warrior Fitness Podcast. My name is Neil, your host. Welcome back. It's been a little while. Hopefully, you and your families are keeping safe and well. We have an amazing, amazing um, speaker joining us today, and uh, it's it's my pleasure to introduce you to to AJ or Aditya J Kumar, Kumar, who is our um, our guest today, and and we'll we'll let him. I won't take away his thunder, but um, I've been listening to his podcast uh, for a long time, My Seven Chakras, and and it's it's been a great way for me to remind myself of why I'm here, um, to connect with the, the unseen, the, the non-physical aspects of uh, myself and, and the world around me. And, and you know, I, I don't want to steal your thunder or mis, misphrase myself here, uh, AJ. So I had uh, for you to introduce yourself to the listeners, please. Perfect. Well, thanks a lot, Niels, uh, for bringing me on your show. And uh, thunder is a word that we don't like to use in Vancouver <laughs> because that that sort of hints that there's going to be rain coming in. And, you know, deep down, people know that there's rain going to come. But for the most part, we're enjoying what's left of the summer here. Uh, but yeah, my name is AJ. I'm currently based in Vancouver. Uh, I run a podcast called My Seven Chakras. We've crossed 4 million downloads recently, and our show is listened to in 150 countries. Um, And what I really do is I have conversations with interesting people uh, who have dedicated their lives to um, helping people apply ancient practices to their modern lives. And most importantly, you know, calming their mind, relaxing their nervous system and experiencing bliss, which I think all of us deserve to feel. And my story got started when I experienced uh, or I went through a, a bad road accident. This was somewhere in 2008. And on that particular day, I was not wearing a helmet. And so what ended up happening was at the cross section, I collided with, uh, it was a van, uh, you know, lost consciousness. And then I ended up in the hospital. Um, and then a few months down the line, obviously, for somebody to wake up and have their bandages all over the face, it can be pretty traumatic. And I realized that although I did have the tools to heal physically, well, the doctor gave me that bandages and stitches and whatnot uh, therapy. But when it comes to resolving emotional issues or the trauma, I did not know what to do. And so I went out there looking for meditation, which did not come naturally to me. Uh, and then I came across uh, chakra meditation, chakra healing. And I did that. Uh, and I was fascinating to see what is possible in just 10 minutes because through the breathing, through the visual- visualization, I was able to experience a shift. And I thought if this is possible in short, such a short period of time, then what else is out there? And that sort of started me on this adventure, this quest of uh, seeking out people who can help, who can help us heal. And that's how the podcast started. I just started for about, I thought I'll do about 20 episodes or so. But one thing led to the other. And I actually started enjoying this whole process. Uh, And here we are. Yeah, that's, and, and, you know, we we talked about it before, before the podcast Mm. as well. The, you know, the, these extremely, extremely negative and unfortunate situations but but leading to such positive outcomes and uh yeah i'm I'm very happy that you found your 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 true calling uh as well as you know deciding to share that with with others so uh you know thank you for for sharing your you know your your unfortunate experience but also for sharing your message to the world (laughs) um oh absolutely i mean i think we all go through one Thing or the other, right? And it's just about the story that we tell ourselves. Um, but yeah, more than happy to share. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. And 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 you kind of mentioned it as well that uh, reading and researching uh, about you, you you set a, a goal. You had a personal challenge in uh, I think mm. around 2015, right? To create 20 to 20 years, uh, 20 or so podcasts, right? And yeah, what's um. How, why did you decide to share your message in, in that form? And, and what drove you to say, I've had this experience. Um, I mm-hmm. need to share it with others. Right. Uh, I think that's a great question. And honestly, it was not share my message. 
it was to bring out the message, if you know what I mean. I mean, I didn't have much of a story, right? It was just me who came across uh, these different practices that were fascinating. And I was really excited. And the reason for that was I did these techniques. And after a certain, you know, couple of months, maybe, I was able to activate my subtle senses. And this was an experience that I had never had before. You know, especially assuming that we are all these physical beings, uh, but the truth is that we are just occupying these meat packages, right? Uh, and so I was able to have these fascinating experiences where between my hands, I was able to feel like an energy ball. Um, I remember at one point I was sick and I was on the bed, but when I pointed my fingers towards my toes, I could actually have a felt sensation from my finger to the toes. It was as if I was projecting light. And it was something different altogether. Uh, but I was like, I want to know more. I want to be able to connect with people who've done this. And in those days, I wasn't really passionate about writing. So creating a blog, I found that to be a bit cumbersome. And so I thought, why not start a podcast? Because it was emerging and it would allow me an opportunity to improve my own skills. So it was like a win-win combination, which is why I ended up starting the podcast. But in the process, I was able to share my own story as well. All right. It's when we are creators, whether we are doing a podcast or a YouTube channel or maybe a blog, it is a journey. It is you documenting your thoughts, your aspirations, your goals, and in the process, connecting with people all around the world who start as strangers, but then become your diehard listeners and fans, which, which is wonderful to have. Right. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. And, and you, you, um, you know, you're, you're starting. So, uh, you know, the, there was the scenario of course mm -hmm. with, with the accident and, and, um, before that, was it, you know, were you already on this journey or, or did, were you in a, on a different path? Um, and, mm -hmm. and then you were redirected afterwards and, and uh, you know, is uh, there, you know, how, how do you connect or can you relate to other experiences outside of going down this spiritual route um, because of your, mm. your previous uh, experiences? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. And I think it didn't have, it was not just one experience. It was multiple seeds that were planted by the universe to remind me of my imminent uh, awakening, if that makes sense. So one of the seeds were surely in my school where um, yoga was compulsory. And so I remember when we were doing yoga and the last portion was the most fun part, which was the Shavasana, where you just lie down. Well, Shavasana literally means corpse pose. So you're lying down, imagining that you're a corpse, but then you're projecting your awareness to different parts of your body. And I did not have a name to it, but I loved the experience. And I thought, wow, this is so fascinating. I was just getting to know a different expression of the human experience. Um, not only was that relaxing and calming, but also I was getting to know the power of consciousness at that point. And that was definitely one of the moments of awakening. The other moment was the fact that I was born and brought up in a household where my dad was a Hindu. My mom was a Christian. And so I got, well, I got to draw from bro, both the Bible the as well as, right. So, so Vedic and tantric yogic influences. I didn't do yoga when I was a kid, but, you know, growing up in an Indian household, you get to, just because it's your lifestyle, get to experience and be part of many Vedic traditions, whether it's the Gayatri Mantra in the morning, going to the temple, sort of understanding the significance of ringing the bell before entering the, the temple complex. Uh, so that was the second, you know, sort of the other seed. And then I'd say the third seed among many seeds was the fact that in um, in undergrad, I was exposed to weed, like a lot of us are. Uh, and so just consuming the plant um, opened up my consciousness and my awareness to a much more broader world, I guess, right? Um, I mean, some of these plant medicines do this for you. I've not had psilocybin, I've not experienced ayahuasca, but I guess that was like the gateway for me to understand that there's much more to experience than the daily routine, the hypnosis that we sometimes find ourselves in. And then sort of the crescendo was the, the accident because sometimes the universe wants to hit you. It wants to shock you. It wants to bring you out of this hypnosis, hypnotic state that we seem to find ourselves in. And I think that did it for me. 
it allowed me to look at myself not as the person that I see in the mirror, but more from a standpoint of energy and consciousness. Because it's fascinating, right? You know, the same person in front of you who now has stitches or maybe has a broken nose, it's hard to let go of your identity. And that forced me to do so. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, AJ. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's just great talking to you because it, it's, um, it's, it's a connecting experience. And, and by sharing your openness and, and, and your, your background and, and uh, the part that we, we didn't uh, speak to as much as uh, your, your, you know, you had a, uh, a corporate nine to five uh, blue collar experience as well as a, as a retail executive, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And, and even that yeah. experience was, was something that I think most people, uh, especially in the North American space can, can relate to because that's, that's called the grind, right? You, you had the yeah. grind and, and you chose to move away from it. Uh, um, yeah. What are your what are your thoughts as a kind of a, a slightly aside about yoga and the schools? Um, you know, have you seen? Do you see value in it in in uh, your your local the Vancouver uh, community? Do you do you see any conversations picking up on that? Uh, well, that's a great question. And somebody asked me yesterday, "What is my goal for life?" And one of my goals definitely is to be able to start a school that teaches these different practices of the mind and body and emotions. So one could be yoga, one could be meditation, intuition, uh, healing yourself, uh, you know, basic finances, right? Stuff that you don't learn in school. That's what I want to sort of like an alternate school, so to speak, for children who can uh, decide they don't track and explore through creativity and a seeking spirit. I think these are all good practices and skills to have. Right, because just think about it. If a child knows how to you know, tap into their emu emotion or tap into their feminine side or masculine side, whichever it is, and knows how to relate and connect with other people, just be kind. These are qualities to really have, and if you have it earlier on, it's much better. Uh, so, to answer your question, I'm not really that connected to the school schools over here, but I do want to do some sessions. It is in my intention to conduct some basic breathwork sessions for children, maybe some meditation as well. Uh, but I think this is wonderful to have. Unfortunately, in my school, uh, yoga sort of stopped. I think it maybe might have been seventh grade or maybe eighth grade, mm -hmm. because then the more important studies started, right? But I think the most important thing is yoga. Yoga and Ayurveda and Tantra, I think India has to catch up to its roots, its heritage, and realize that what you already have is the most important thing. Don't look elsewhere. The grass is always greener on the other side. <laughs> I 100% so agree with you. That's, yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's It's been interesting to hear uh, some of the conversations about mindfulness. Now you're hearing a bit mm -hmm. more about not directly with yoga, but there's conversations mm -hmm. around the benefits of mindfulness in the workplace and, and to students. And our education system is fairly slow to catch up on new yep. developments. And, and this, you could argue, is one of the oldest th um, practices in the book. But uh, my my hope, and we will discuss this in, in the future, is is really to to do um, you know to to see that implemented as a as a practice. That's what makes us human beings as well, yeah. right? Versus human doers. Um, yeah, we're we're very good at processing and and acting like robots. Is is kind of how we approach a lot of things in life, and and that doesn't allow us to be who we are. Um, these non tradition non institutional practices uh to, to use the phrase are, are are really what bring us back to ourselves um and and i i look forward to uh kind of discussing that further with you uh in, in the future let's let's well, uh, absolutely yeah yeah absolutely thank you um one thing that you did mention as well is is you you had a goal and and you were asked about your goal and and that that sounds like a very um, a, a beautiful goal to, to strive for. Are there other goals? And, and you know, one of them that came to mind uh, based on uh, some of my uh, 
early preparation for our, uh, our discussion was around uh, getting ripped. <laughs> mm. So is mm. that still on your radar? Is that some, or has that evolved um, as well? So what are your overall goals, including some of your fitness goals? Yeah, yeah, great question. And I think since we missed last time, we did sort of an interview, but we had some tech issues, if you recall. So yeah. since then, I've spoken to a friend of mine, and we're going to meet a couple of times during the week oh, at the park. That's amazing. And we're going to do hit workouts. We're going to do a lot of movement. We're going to sweat it out. We want to make the most out of the summer. And we just want to, you know, shed weight, but but more importantly, become more flexible and build some muscle. So we're doing that. Um, yes, I do want to get ripped. Uh, and I'm really, I feel I'm at a place where I'm really motivated to, if the gyms don't open, that's fine. I'm just going to do my own workout, uh, to complement the breath work that I'm doing and the Qigong that I'm doing, because I feel, and I've learned that all of it is important, right? You need to breathe. You need to use your mind in a certain way. You need movement as well. And you also need to lift weights. So, so really excited to do more of that. And, uh, Hopefully, before the end of the year, I want to get ripped, uh, build more mass. Because I was doing that. You know, I was, I was going to the gym at least three times in a week. But as a lot of your listeners might be able to relate, all of us got hit. <laughs> you know, we got hit and things just stopped. And maybe people have put on some weight. Maybe people have uh, put on some uh, fat. And, you know, the message that I have is that it's never too late. The moment you realize that you need to shift, that's when you need to take action, Right. And it's okay to not be in shape, but the good thing is, uh, not for looks, but at least for your health, we can all take that next step, which I'm doing. <laughs> I, I I commend you. Congratulations! Yeah, that's great to hear that uh, that that uh, you're you're making progress off our last conversation. And sometimes, as as with all things, it's it's that little reminder or something that triggers something that you already have inside that you know kind of makes you take that next step. As you're saying with your, your journey, it was a number of seeds along the way. It wasn't a big yeah. aha moment that, that changed everything. So uh, I'm glad to hear. And, and, you know, tying into that, what is your overall approach to goal setting? And how do you, spirituality generally involves accepting things as they are, whereas mm. the goal setting setting smart goals as uh, as we've talked about is very measurable it's very defined and, and and to me there's some sometimes a conflict between being spiritual yeah. and being goal uh, focused or oriented yeah what's your approach yeah that's a great question a lot of people feel that spirituality is accepting things as it is as it is which is true i mean you need to feel grateful for where you are because, and that's what a lot of people don't realize, you still need to have your goals, but the way that you're going to achieve your goals is by being happy where you are. That makes sense. Realizing that you have a goal, but you're, you're, you still enjoy where you are because the state that you're in is always under your control. If you can't control your state, then even if you become rich, it's going to be useless. You're not going to be fulfilled because ultimately what we're all going for I would assume, <laughs> is happiness and joy and fulfillment. And the beauty is that happiness is within reach. You can be happy right away through these practices. When you unlock your state, when you unlock oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, you get that fulfillment and that drive from within that is going to allow you to attack your goals. So I don't believe in the spirituality that, you know, you're happy where you are, that's it. I believe that you're so happy where you are that you take inspired action. You connect with like-minded people. You set your goals, but also you visualize them. And I'm all about abundance and manifesting everything that you desire. Whether it's a big home, a big car, it's not about the big car. It's about what are you going to do with that big car? Are you going to drive down to clients' homes? Are you going to drive down to that big retreat where you want to really support people, help them transform their lives? What are you going to do with your home? Are you just going to have empty rooms or are you going to invite people to your home? Are you going to invite your parents? Are you going to throw a big feast? So it's not about me. It's about us and what we can do together. So that's the type of perspective that I take. And in terms of goal setting, I think a core component of my goal setting is 
journaling. I found that really, really useful. At the start of this year, I found myself a bit disillusioned, lacking in direction and clarity. So I spent a lot of time in the morning uh, journaling, writing down my goals, uh, and I used certain prompts. So one of the prompts that I used was, if I have all the money and I have all the time, what would I do? Let's keep it open. Uh, I also said, uh, if nothing was impossible, what would I do? So that allowed me to really write down all my thoughts that were in my mind, bring it on paper. Slowly but surely, I got more clarity in terms of my goals, but also what are my values? I realized that some of my values, the so four of my values are, one is freedom. I value freedom, freedom of finances, freedom of time, freedom of emotions, freedom of, of uh, uh, being location independent so you can work from where you, wherever you are. So, so freedom of all types. The other thing is uh, the three C's. So one is community. I love community, like being amongst people who like trust and know me, uh, you know, just people who have the same vibe uh, and, I, and I intend to grow that community. The other C is care. So just being kind, right? Just being kind, knowing that everyone's in their own journey. Even if they are rude to you, they're harsh to you, they're unkind towards you, sending unconditional love because they're reacting based on their mindset, right? You can't control everything. So, be, and so care. And the third one is creativity really providing myself and being responsible for the ideas that are within me and allowing them to come out. So whether they're through podcast episodes or vlogs or new you know, business ideas, just bringing them out and not worrying about per perfection, just getting them out there. I like that. That's, that's uh, uh, all, all, approaches that have been looking at and considered and shared in, in previous uh, discussions with uh, with the listeners as well as good good um, good strategies to, to really understanding and reconnecting with yourself and and as you're saying that you know what you do is 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 it a reflection of who you are or, or it should be it's just sometimes we don't consciously make that that effort or that mm. analysis part of understanding our values who we choose yeah. to be in this existence right and, and those are yeah regardless of whether you are aware of them or not those are driving a lot of your decisions and when you make decisions that are conflicting with those values there's going to be repercussions that you may not understand um until you look back and say, I didn't feel good when I made that choice, but it's really, you know, going against who you are that, that caused that, that feeling. Right? Absolutely. And just to add, uh, you, you know, yoga says that the ultimate question is, are you living your life based on your own will or is, are things that are happening around you out of your will, right? So mm -hmm. what is, what is the ultimate thing? Yoga says that most of what's happening in our life is out of our will. You know why? That's not a bad thing, actually. And it's out of our will because because of all the conditioning that we're going through, the imprints that we have, the, the habitual tendencies that we're you know, so prone to, the, the reactions that we're automatically doing, uh, it's like we have blinders on. And the process of yoga or meditation or breath work is to slowly but surely erase those imprints like you're erasing a hard drive and put in new programming. So once you have new programming, then you're... Uh, you know, acting in accordance with your will. And then when you set goals, you're setting goals from the source of your heart and not because it's going to make other people look better at you. You know, you make you look better in front of others, so to speak. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And, and hopefully we can recap some of this. And, and you know, if there is... Um, you know, journals that you you um, you used for yourself uh, as well as techniques in terms of visualization or and uh you know if there's websites that you uh would be able to share i'll definitely post those as part of the the details here so so thank you oh uh, for sure yeah and and so you touched on an, another aspect that I, I really want to understand because this is your current as well as some of the focus that you've had uh, mm. uh for for quite a while your, your your breath work and and the the connection with with the breath um yeah. First of all, how does you know the breath work 
tie into you know the the chakras and and you know if you could start there and then we'll we'll I'd, I'd really love to get an exercise uh, demonstration from you as well around breathing. But you know how sure. do breathing connect with chakras as a start? Sure, wonderful. Uh, thanks a lot for asking this great question. But uh, the chakras are basically energy whirlpools, right? They're vortices of energy that are aligned along our spine, starting from the root, going up to our crown, and we've got seven major chakras. But before the chakras, one should realize that we have these energy meridians that are all across our body. Because our body, just like blood is flowing across these uh, blood vessels, in the same way energy is flowing up and down, uh, giving energy where there is where it's needed. So we've got approximately 72,000 energy meridians. That's what the ancient yogis sort of postulated. Mm-hmm. And out of these energy meridians, there are three main ones. The Sushumna, which is the main channel running from the root to the, to the crown. And then you've got these uh, two different energy meridians that are sort of crisscrossing like a double helix. And uh, the places where these three meridians intersect, that's where one chakra is formed. Uh, and so what happens throughout our lives because of certain negative experiences, some trauma that we have or maybe just our lifestyle or the food that we eat, there is some dormant, stagnant, stuck energy that gets collected in these chakras. And depending on how you know they're formed and when they're formed you know, during our lifetime, they can influence our lives in certain ways. They can hamper our growth and our full expression. So our goal as yogis or as healers is to process these, this trauma, is to heal this to release the stuck energy and to align with our true self um, completely. So that's the whole idea of chakra clearing, chakra alignment. Uh, And there are many ways to do that. You can use mantra. You can tone. You can hum a certain phrase. You can use yoga, which is moving your body in certain ways. Uh, And there's actually like eight steps that uh, the yogis have prescribed. And Patanjali, one of the main yoga teachers, he also wrote about it. And these are very logical, step by step, one through it. And along that path, one of the steps is pranayama, which is breath work. Because what they understood is before trying to or even attempting to work with your mind, which is so difficult, it's so difficult to work with these subtle thoughts, right? The moment you feel you've, you've, you've captured that thought or you've pushed it past, it's, it's, it's still there. And so the mind is always trying to play games with you, but it's easier to work with your breath. Uh, Because when you work with your breath, when you breathe consciously, when you use these wonderful various techniques, you're able to not only um, balance your chakras, but you're able to influence your physiology in a certain way that allows you to reduce stress, alleviate anxiety, energize yourself, feel better, It also has impact on longevity. So you're able to live longer and boost your immunity, which is so important in this pandemic phase that we're going through. In addition to maybe wearing the mask and doing the social distancing, we need to boost our immunity. Uh, And that's where the breath work really helps. So to answer your question, not just the chakras, but the, the breath work can really change our entire state and our uh, health condition. So it's very powerful. I appreciate it. And, and since we last talked, uh, there, there are two things that uh, I wanted to kind of mention. One was uh, one of your recent podcasts around uh, having turmeric first thing in the morning as yeah. uh, an Ayurvedic approach was, uh, you know, I've started doing that and it doesn't taste good, but, it, mm. you know, you, I, I take the Buckley's approach to that. It, it, it may not taste the greatest, but it works. And, and so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but I, I, um, I, I really appreciated the insights that, uh, that uh, were discussed during that, that podcast and tying into Ayurveda. Um, the mm. other one, and, and more related, um, I found that breathing has been, been helping me with, uh, I, I don't usually have caffeine. I don't have coffee to help wake me up. And, and something that I'm trying to do is uh, 
and, and you can tell me, uh, you know, you can tell me if I'm right on this, but the approach that I've taken with breathing is I'll breathe in deeply for 10 seconds. I'll, I'll hold for 10 seconds. I'll release for three. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll repeat that until I feel a bit more refreshed. Now, right. I, I will admit lightheadedness has occurred as part of that breathing. And then if that's normal, I, you know, based on your experience, it would be interesting to hear. But right. you know, what I'd like to do and, and you know, to, to get your, your guidance on this is can you give our listeners two examples of mm. uh, breathing and, and one to generally assist you with, with staying awake and non-caffeinated yeah. alertness? <laughs> yeah. Non-caffeinated alertness. And, and then the other one is, you know, at the end of the day, how you'd wind down and just relax yourself um, to yeah. help sleep, have a better sleep. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah. So firstly, to address the coffee question, I'm not starved coffee, uh, but I love coffee. Uh, but recently, <laughs> you're, you're in Vancouver. Uh, That's you know pretty close right? to uh, to the heart of the true coffee culture. Coffee capital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but recently, what I did was I didn't have so I I do have sugar in the morning with coffee, uh, brown sugar. But recently, I lo- I ran out of supply for my brown sugar. And, you know, that was a circumstance. So I got an idea. I put butter. They say, you know, butter, butter coffee is really good yeah. because that initial fat in the morning helps you really, especially if you're doing, a little, you're doing intermittent fasting, which I do. I don't have breakfast. The first meal I have is about 1.30. I tried butter. It's good. I'm not going to have sugar now. <laughs> and so um, I did some more research online and there's, you know, multiple opinions. Should you add the butter directly? Should you blend the butter? Should you have yak butter? Should it, so many opinions, but I like the taste. I like the taste. Um, to your point about the breath work, I think yeah. So you're, I think the breathing you're doing is definitely correct for the outcome that you're hoping to achieve, which in the in the morning I guess is to energize you, right? It's to energize you and to make you fresh, uh, you know, recharged. And so for the morning, what I would recommend is a, is like an energized breathing which could be, you know, breathing in through your nose. And when you take it out through your mouth, you're just relaxing. So, so in through the nose, out through the mouth, but your focus is on taking in the breath. And you can go faster also. And you can mix that with holding your breath as well. But what you're doing is you're oxygenating your body, which has the effect of stimulating your, uh, um, you know, the, the, the sympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. And what that does is that automatically makes you more alert and gets you ready for that brainstorming session or even if you want to go to work. Now, what you can combine that is with the perineum pumps or the mula bandha activations. So the muscle that is in between your your anus and your sexual glands, if you can activate and pump that along with the breathing, that automatically has the effect of increasing your blood pressure, uh, making you more alert, dilating your, uh, sorry, constricting your blood vessels, and has a similar f- effect that, that you would if you had coffee, you know? So that you can do in the morning, so... And then you mix that, so ensure that you're breathing all the way till your belly, and then you're pumping with your diaphragm as well. You do that for three minutes, you're fully alert, you're fully refreshed. But in the evening, (laughs) okay, so... Uh, yeah, so try to experiment with that, but I find that really useful. But in the evening, you want a different type of uh, breath work because you don't want to recharge. You want to relax. You want to let your body know that it's okay to switch off the stress and that you can use your resources to rest, to digest your food because you might have had dinner, and most importantly, to uh, to sleep, to unwind and get used to sleep. So in that case, what you could do is, and this is my favorite technique, and for those who are listening, don't do it while driving. Don't do it when you're in water because this is very powerful. Do it when you're at home or where you do, are not going to be disturbed. Right? So it's called the four by eight. You 
take in for four through your nose, out for eight. I'll so basically, you with this one, if you don't mind, AJ. I, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. The initial one, I uh, I needed to mentally prepare myself. Now I'm ready. So let's let's wind down and connect. <laughs> wind down and connect. Exactly. So uh, there are multiple things to keep in mind over here. Firstly, breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. Right. When you're breathing out through your mouth, imagine that you're breathing out through a straw or that you're fogging a mirror. So when you create this sort of resistance as you're exhaling, it has the effect of activating your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest aspect of your autonomic system. Automatically harmonizes your entire body. So in through the nose. Make that sound. In, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. In through the nose, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Now, to further stimulate your vagus nerve, which is a nerve that connects your brainstem all the way down to your stomach, that nerve is the vagabond nerve because it's literally connected to your uh, esophagus, to your throat, to your tongue, to your heart, to your lungs uh, and your stomach. So it's literally connected. It is. It has the ability to send a signal to your entire body. So when you when you're breathing out, when you when you hum a tone, maybe you're toning Om, the primordial mantra. It will within seconds activate your vagus nerve. Uh, sending a harmonizing signal across your entire body. So in through the nose, but when you're out, you're you're saying, oh. Okay, so in through the nose, two, three, four. Oh. In through the nose. Once again, out to the mouth. Fully in through the nose. Out to the mouth. Wow. And so if someone's doing it along with us, they will realize that they are getting de-stressed, might feel tingly, ticklish all across your body. Oh, it works so well. And, you know, it's fascinating how these uh, techniques are so effective. You'd, and to me, it's just uh, more effective than a sleeping pill. But don't quote me on that. Uh, <laughs> but that's the idea, right, is, is that you can use these techniques, especially in the evening, Yesterday, in fact, today I just released a new episode on my podcast, which is about the same technique, which is how to activate your vagus nerve to sleep better. Um, and so these are the two techniques, but there are many more techniques that somebody can use to influence their physiology. And I think we've been lied to. People have told us that you cannot control your autonomic nervous system. But as we are finding out, the ancient elders always knew that by moving your body in a certain way, by holding your breath in a certain way, and by visualization, you can influence aspects of your being that were initially thought of as out of your control. Hi, thank you. And I know we talked, we, we mentioned uh, the, the Iceman in the past and, and talked yeah. about reality of how, how much you can influence your, your body's response through simple breathing techniques and and, uh, mm -hmm. and 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 not mindfulness as much as really just breathing. And uh, I, I have met him and, and gone through the uh the, the breath work with the intention of conditioning your your body your mind for for the cold and and have done the oh, ice, yeah. ice baths in 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 the in Toronto with uh with the ice man in person as well as practicing uh at home it uh it absolutely is uh it's it's powerful it's it's something that you don't you don't think about when you're when you're on your daily grind but these non 
I can't even say traditional because these are the true t traditional, uh, these yeah. non-institutional or cultural, cultural, I guess, would be the, the appropriate term in, in our Western uh, in our mm. Western cultural um, belief systems. The, these things that are outside of that are, are really just just amazing to 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 go through and and you know I, i'm definitely going to be listening to your podcast shortly <laughs> after yeah after our conversation um yeah but uh, ice is good i love the cord i have a cold shower every morning <laughs> yes uh, that's good and do you uh do you contrast or do you just go with with cold and the contrast is the alternating with the hot and cold uh showers as right. well yeah, so that's a great question. I have heard Wim on multiple occasions say that um, you don't have to go straight to the cold. You can go into warm because warm is good for you as well, right? So warm helps you open up your pores. Warm helps you relax. Uh, warm is really good for, especially if you got some kind of ache in your back or something is not, you know, you slept in the wrong posture. I go in the warm, get myself relaxed. And then for like a minute or so, cold. Uh, cold is beautiful. Cold is your friend. Uh, initially, it might seem daunting, might seem scary, might seem uncomfortable. But when you lean into the cold, just like life, when you lean into your challenges and you become one with the cold, uh, you realize that that friend who was harsh and speaking the truth was actually your friend. And so the cold does not lie. But once you lean into it, you realize once you come out of it, you're feeling so refreshed. Uh, your body, because uh, you, you know your your you have a blood rush and your blood is literally going into places that it wasn't going before. So you feel really recharged, really refreshed, boosts your immune system, and because it's creating this brown fat, you, it does help with fat loss as well. So pe for people who are you know looking to lose some weight, cold showers is definitely the way out. Well, wow, that's that's amazing. So so not only do you practice spirituality with chakras you have breathing techniques you have aspects of fitness that you and, and goals in mind of where what you'd like to achieve you know yeah um for for me that the term and of course title the title of the podcast is about soul warriors so, so you know what, hmm. what does being a soul warrior mean to you oh yeah that's a great question soul warrior i mean if you dissect the two words one is warrior right and a warrior is somebody who realizes that uh, there's a difference between a battle and a war uh, you might lose a battle but then the war is still on it's never too late to start once again just you know get up rub the dust off your shoulders stand erect and fight uh, so that's the mindset of the warrior knowing that even though you have scars you might get broken down uh, it's just your mind it's your mental game that you're playing you're not playing against the other person you're playing with your own self you're playing your own game you're competing with your own self you set your own goals and you don't compare with others that's the other thing right with social media so easy to easy to compare with somebody else's victories somebody else's celebrations but at the end of the day uh, a warrior is fighting their own battles uh, so that is about the warrior part but the soul part is the realization that uh, we're not this physical bodies that we're occupying right now, but that we are beings of light. And so realization that uh, how your action influences the soul of other people, how your words are influencing the emotions or the thoughts or the being or sense of self of that other person and being kind. The strongest people are the ones who are the kindest, right? Because you know that you can you know, impact damage, you can create a dent, but you don't have to because you're kind and you're just and you are sentient. And so I think when you combine soul and warrior, you have the ultimate uh, archetypical human being, that of the warrior sage who knows the importance of spirit, but also engages in in wars. Somebody who is in touch with their feminine side, but also their max masculine side. Somebody who's doing their inner work, but also realizes that there's so much work still left to uh, recognize and embrace their shadow self. And so, yeah, soul warriors is uh, is uh, is an archetype that I try to embody every single morning. And yes, there are times when I don't hit my goals or when I quit a habit, but I realize that. You know, you can always jump back into the bandwagon. It's never too late. 
that's that's a beautiful explanation and I, I an interpretation I, I really uh I really like hearing that so I, I appreciate it and and you know it's it's I mean it's it's really how all of us could ideally live our lives because that that would yeah. allow us as you're saying to to acknowledge the feminine and in, in the masculine mm -hmm. and and the vice versa and and the yin and the yang right how yeah the cosmic balance of uh of our of the world and and the universe but within ourselves so yeah i I, as as per always, this, these conversations are always just uh, you know just great and inspiring, and, and continue to motivate me with my own journey as well. So I truly appreciate it, uh, as always, AJ. Um, you know, the, the last part I just wanted to to kind of get your insights on: are, are there any books or quotes that are connecting with you um, now, or you know, of all time, that is some of your greatest uh, book or quotes that you could uh, reference? Um, so in terms of quotes, I'll share the same quote that I shared last time. And I think there were two quotes. One of the quotes was fall seven, rise eight, life begins now. And what it means to me is, you know, life's going to present you a lot of challenges and obstacles and difficulties and life just wants to wear you down. And the reason for that is to me, the life is the ultimate ayahuasca journey. You can go to Peru or you can go to Brazil and do these ayahuasca journeys with these shamans, but ultimately that's just astral fun. The real thing, the real game is happening right now. Uh, so the question is, what are you doing when you are um, experiencing a challenge in your finances or in your relationships or in your health? What are you going to do? Uh, that's the ultimate question is fall seven doesn't matter how many times you fail or you fall or you get knocked down. You have a sense of power that stems from within, and that's going to be more powerful than any other physical power that people can exert on you. And you always have the choice to rise once again. That's fall seven, rise eight, life begins now. Uh, because now is the only moment. There is no yesterday. There is no future. Uh, all of it is just um, figments of your imagination. What is true is right now, um, and you can make a change right now by taking that small step. The other quote that I wanted to share is, uh, when you change the way you look at things, the things that you look at begin to change as well. And I think this is a spiritual, but also a quantum scientific quote, uh, because as Schrodinger, I think that that's what his name was, discovered, that we, when you did these experiments, when he, but when you changed the observer, the experiment itself changed. And that was fascinating to him. And it speaks to life as well. Um, your experience in your life largely depends on the mindset or the attitude or the approach or the perspective that you bring into the situation. Uh, you, might sell, you might send a marketer to a village where people don't have any shoes. And one person will say, hey, you know what? Nobody's wearing shoes. Our product is not going to be successful here. The other person will say, hey, there's no one wearing shoes. That's a huge opportunity for me to educate uh, on the value and the benefit of wearing shoes. And so we can actually inspire people to start wearing shoes once again. And so uh, this is a quote that you can talk on for hours and hours together because it's so fascinating uh, that... Um, if you just focus on yourself, if you just go within, if you can just do the breath work or the meditation or these mindful practices or even work out and, and do these martial arts, you will start beginning to look at your life in a completely different way. And that's going to lead to a paradigm shift within yourself and in the world around you. So those are two my two wonderful quotes that I love. I love Wayne Dyer. And in terms of the book, um, to be honest, I haven't been reading a lot of books of late because I've been focusing on my training for my uh, breathwork instructor program. Well, that's a, that's a book in itself, right? So I'm always focused on learning. But I have recently um, reopened my Audible uh, audiobook. And the book that I am listening to is called Alter Ego. This is a powerful book uh, that I want to read once again. So Alter Ego by Todd Herman. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard of him, but he speaks to the idea that, um, and this is this is a technique used by elite performers, Olympic athletes, uh, like very successful entrepreneurs. But basically, they've got these different alter egos or personas 
that they have within themselves and whenever they want to tap into a certain aspect of their being whenever they want to be more like a warrior or whether they want to be more like an entrepreneur or more like an artist they just put on a mask a persona and that helps them channel the energy and the enthusiasm and the, and the mindset of that persona if that makes sense so something similar like superman right so the question is uh, if superman wants to sort of uh, you know uh, reduce his greatness make him more ordinary he just puts on glasses puts on a suit and he becomes clark kent and then he shifts between superman and clark kent right so same idea but that's something that we all can utilize if we want to channel um and perform at a higher level so I'm, i want to read that book once again yeah true thank you for sharing thank you uh aj and i know we're we're uh we're we're wrapping up uh here so I, i'd love to hear a little bit of you know how I, i'm sure the listeners would would also love to hear more about uh your your journey and what you're sharing on through your podcast so are there you know how can how can listeners uh connect with uh, directly with uh with yourself through your podcast and any other medium sure uh so if somebody wants to listen to the podcast just type my seven is a word my seven chakras on your favorite podcast app whether it's iTunes Google Spotify Stitcher or some other platform my seven chakras c h a k r a s Yeah uh, if you want to connect one on one my email is aj at my7chakras.com aj at my7chakras.com and if they want to partake in some breathwork experiences if they want to try out yogic breathwork and dance with us and shake with us and chant mantras with us then the best option is to join us in our facebook group because that's where i make all my announcements and the way to do that is go to my7chakras.com forward slash tribe t r i b e my7chakras.com forward slash tribe. So join the Facebook group and you will be in the know for our future live breathwork experiences, which we do on Zoom. Uh, but that's that's how they can get in touch. Truly appreciate it, AJ. And, and every time we converse, the conversations are, are just amazing and insightful and inspiring and, and motivational too. So I uh, hope, uh, hope some of that resonates with you as well. And, and, uh, I, I truly look forward to to continuing our conversations and in, in future uh, podcasts. So thank you, thank you again for joining. Oh, absolutely! It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me on your show. And I think that uh, our meeting was part of my intention that I set earlier this year is wanting to really focus on uh, getting ripped, getting stronger, uh, engaging in maybe some martial arts or maybe some kickboxing. uh and 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 you manifest so <laughs> i think it's part of the manifestation process and i'm looking forward to getting some tips from you getting some insights into how i can really chan uh you know channel the soul warrior within myself truly appreciate it thank you aj and uh, stay safe cool you too thank you